Chapter 2. Destroying Your Metabolism Just to go off script here for just a second, this I do these very early in the morning, so that's why you're kind of hearing sort of the very white tones. My voice gets a little bit deeper, and so I might need to take a little sip of coffee here and there. When I was in my early 30s and started getting serious about my health, basically I was trying to come out of eating for convenience a lot. And I think for a lot of people, this they can relate to what I'm talking about, where I was just, you know, I ate for joy, I ate for sadness, I ate for Tuesday, and, and that was a little bit of, the, of the, the story. But what's interesting about that from the perspective of when you start studying metabolism and you, know, you, you put some research into it, a lot of the thought that's related to metabolism is actually all wrong. Um, many people that think that they have a compromised metabolism actually don't have a compromised metabolism. So as an example, when I was 230 pounds and I would have thought to myself, well, my metabolism doesn't really work very well. My metabolism was actually humming along. My body had to adjust to my frame being 230 pounds and was frantically trying to do that without a significant amount of volume and we'll get into that a little bit but we're going to get into that a little bit more when we start talking about the chapters as it relates to longevity of life and why muscle is important but just know that when I was eating you know kind of like a moron my metabolism was fine it was my activity level that ultimately wasn't keeping up with you know, the demands because what your body's trying to do at that point is heal itself. And there really wasn't a significant amount of, of damage being done from the perspective of uh, you know, muscle tearing down you know, like you do when you're working out or something like that. And the idea is that you tear down muscle and then build it back up. So when I describe metabolism, the thing that I like to mention is the idea of an injury. And often people will say to me, I, you know, I remember when I broke my leg when I was 27 and I just couldn't stop eating. Well, part of the reason why that is, is because your body's sort of working overtime to kind of heal that injury. In a micro way, that's sort of why metabolism speeds up when you're working out and therefore you need a little bit more food in that process. When you think of it, your body is trying to heal itself on a micro level all the time. And so when you work out and you're slowly tearing down your muscle fiber and things of that nature. It's not as acute as say breaking your leg, but it is asking your body for more. And the way that you, you heal that and ultimately get better is by having an adequate amount of food or sometimes an excessive amount of food. And that's why, you know, you'll see 
bodybuilders, even natural bodybuilders that are 220, 230 pounds, you know, they need a lot of food to do that. Um, for women, their physiques, they tend to not want, you know, the 230-pound male physique, but there still is a level of tearing down and building up that needs to happen so you can build that dense lean mass and what that does is that prioritizes uh, muscle over fat and so when you're talking about metabolism and how you would measure metabolism this was something that really sort of surprised me in my early research the big thing that uh, when you go into a science lab and they measure your metabolism, they're doing it by checking how much muscle mass you have. And so when you get body fat tested, um, it, you know, let me tell, let me go off script for just a second about body fat testing. The interesting thing about body fat testing is the first thing that everybody does is they go to the body fat number, and that's wrong. Because when you look at a thriving metabolism and you look at what the, the machine is trying to measure, it's actually trying to measure the amount of muscle that you have on your body. And so, um, you know, next time that you body fat test, make sure to, to check the lean mass first and make sure that that's headed in a positive direction because that's really more of a significant, you know, uh, factor as it relates to you know the amount of calories that you can eat on a daily basis the you know the amount of work that you can do muscle mass is always favorable for that type of stuff so when you're in a lab and your body fat testing but actually and this was this was sort of an interesting discussion that I was having with a, a bodybuilder once by the name of Lane Norton Lane is fairly popular within the bodybuilding world and he is very popular as it relates to talking about metabolism one of the popular buzzwords right now is the idea of adrenal fatigue and i think that you know we need to have a significant discussion I think doctors are doing the best they can dealing with this obesity epidemic, and I'm not really a negative doctor guy, but doctors tend to be a little bit more uh, reactive rather than proactive. And what Lane's message is, and, and a big part of the message that we teach people, is that this process of down, down, down has a cost. It, it has a cost to your thyroid function. It's, that's, that's one of the big reasons why you see so many people, uh, you know, having a dysfunctional thyroid at the moment. It, it has, you know, a negative impact on testosterone, males and females. I know that, you know, women think, well, I don't want a bunch of testosterone. Don't worry, nature's figured that out. But you do need enough to sort of heal your body in in that process and I talked a little bit about it in in the last chapter is that when you you do all these things and you're trying to kind of make your body more efficient 
That's essentially what using stored bodily fat does. You're essentially asking your body to use a source of energy. And, you know, once again, going off script, we're, when we're talking about using either carbohydrate for energy or fat for energy, and I know that simplifies things, but in this way, I think that simplifying it is going to be a little bit better. When you are active, you're basically using carbohydrates, and when you're at rest, you're basically using fat. Now, all of that works on a spectrum, so kind of keep that in mind, but the argument that we're making for activity is that if you're eating a moderate amount of carbohydrates, you allow for better activity, so therefore you end up getting better over time, and that's part of what kind of contributes to a healthy, thriving metabolism. So when we talk about destroying your metabolism, you know, I'll get back to the Lane Norton conversation. What he was talking about was a bodybuilder that he was working with. And that bodybuilder, through the use of a, a metabolic cart, metabolic cart is another way to measure your metabolism. It's actually the better way to measure it, but it's a very expensive way. Um, it, it's sort of imprecise. All of these things are imprecise because your body, your metabolism is not static. It's dynamic. It changes on a daily basis. That's another thing most people don't know. They think that, you know, their metabolism is kind of like this thing that doesn't move or, you know, well, no one really thinks that their metabolism moves greatly, right? But, but it is, it, it, it's dynamic. And what the story that he recounted was a bodybuilder that he was working with in that bodybuilder in the course of just a couple of weeks of food restriction ended up reducing his metabolism by more than half. So when you think about that and you think about what destroying your metabolism looks like, if you've been dieting on and off for the last 20 to 30 years, think about the effect you know, forget adrenal fatigue, right? You know, because the basic concept of adrenal fatigue is that there's an amount of stress that you're struggling with. Guess what exercise and, you know, dieting is? It's essentially stress. So you adapt to that stimulus and use stored, stored body fat as a source of fuel. But the problem is, is that it compromises your muscle also it doesn't allow you to thrive and ultimately ends up being more confusing for a lot of people and that's why we're really bringing you a lot of this more specific information i'm gonna bet that the good majority of you have never heard of a metabolic cart didn't know that you can test your metabolism in a science lab and you know who else is saying that and I guess the real question is, why aren't they saying that? Why aren't they telling you that dieting compromises your metabolism? I mean, it's sort of a well-known fact, right? But they never really offer the solutions the other way. And that's what I think fundamentally makes us different. Because when you are tearing down tissue and building up more and, and better leaner tissue... That also addresses fat loss. When you replace muscle, right, or I'm, I'm sorry, when you replace fat with muscle, that 
of course, is you know fat loss. And so when you're looking at an overall fat loss picture, it's not only helpful to be doing both at different times, but it's basically a requirement. Otherwise, you just end up down-regulating your bodily functions and you end up being more confused as you go. So we'll talk a little bit about a little bit more about that in upcoming chapters, but I think that this was a, a real good chapter to to get you guys kind of built a foundation of what we're going to be talking about.